0: course, there is this whole idea that when you're studying, you're only meant to be certain things like lawyer, doctor, engineer, whereas, you know, entrepreneurship and stuff like that is not really highly encouraged because there is a lot of um, uncertainty behind it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm also trying to like, not get influenced by that.
1: Hey there, friends, and welcome to the Women with Ambition podcast, making money, seeking freedom and chasing dreams. I'm your host, Desheena Woodard, the financial freedom coach and certified life coach. In this podcast, we talk to high achieving women who earn good money, yet they still have an ambitious goal they're trying to reach. But here's the thing, they haven't fully accomplished it yet. So these amazing ladies are going to share their firsthand insights about the financial insecurities, the challenges, and the triumphs they face as they take on their ambitious goals. So if you're an ambitious woman with an ambitious goal, and you're looking to get past your fears and financial insecurities that are keeping you stuck, then this is the podcast to help you. We're going to give you the tools and inspiration you need to take action and chase your dreams. So, let's get started. Today, I am speaking with Ormi Hussain. Ormi is a high-income earner in the financial services industry. She grew up in a household where the topic of money was taboo. She also comes from a culture where certain job roles are expected And entrepreneurship has not historically been encouraged. In her free time, Ormi likes to volunteer for causes such as women's empowerment and giving back to the non-privileged. Ormi is a big proponent of self-investing and continuous learning, and she also describes herself as an ambitious go-getter. So pay close attention as we uncover Ormi's ambitious goals and how she plans to achieve it. Hi, Ermi, I'm so glad that you are here today. How are you?
0: I'm doing good, and you?
1: Good, good. So can you tell me, Army? on this podcast, we want to try to find out a little bit about the mindset around money, maybe how you grew up and what led you to where you are and what your big goals are. So can you just tell me a little bit about when you were growing up, what did you learn about money or what was your mindset around money when you were growing up?
0: So when I was growing up, there wasn't much that I knew about money and probably I I should be ashamed of it. But I think uh like a lot of families talking about money is a big big taboo and no one ever talks about it it's never discussed yeah and myself uh, having parents that are south asian it's a big taboo as well so this topic is never talked about because it's usually the man, uh, usually the father, the brothers, the husband, who are meant to be managing the money at home. So they never educate their female partner or daughters about money. So I remember that when I was growing up, I never really knew too much about money. Um, my dad was always the one handling money mainly so he had so we were like three women living in that house it was me my sister and my mother and then there was my father and he was always handling money so he never really thought about thought anything about money but not because he didn't want to just because it was the norm in the culture and the society that this is something that is not really talked about and um i remember that he used to give me an allowance and i remember just using it right away just to go and buy something to eat or he would also give an allowance to my mom too, but there is something that I do remember pretty vividly. It's when he told me that uh, like we wanted to buy something, and then I told him that it's just one one euro extra. So what's the big deal about that? And he told me that one euro makes a huge difference. And he's like, when you work, you will notice the difference. So this is one of the teaching that I think I brought with me along for my whole life after I moved out. Uh, but he never really spoke about um, like, no, no one ever spoke about money at home. It was such a big, big taboo, like it and still nowadays is a big, big taboo.
1: Mm, that story is similar for a lot of people, you know, we didn't really grow up learning about money, and it was a taboo in the household. So. As you became an adult, how did that affect you? or how did that impact the way you handled money?
0: So believe it or not, I feel like I've learned about money. Like personal finance really, when I was in my twenties, so I remember when I got my first part-time job, I was starting to like make a little bit more of money, and I I, I felt good about it. And like inside, like I was even though I wasn't making too much, you know, I was making the minimum wage. I still felt very rich, yeah. And uh, and I still felt very rich, and I and I liked having that sense of like ownership mm-hmm. um, and being in control of my finances. But uh, even then, I feel like I had I haven't really developed too much. Uh, when it came about money because even at school they do the same job that they never talk about money no one ever teaches you about money especially personal finance Mm -hmm. and I remember because I come from a background of finance and even in my finance classes they always emphasize like what's a stock or what's a bond what's what are options derivatives and things like that but no one ever like emphasized on the topic of personal finance so I remember that I took a student loan, which I'm still paying for. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I remember taking the student loan and not understanding like about interest rate and how like, how it affects, you know, the whole interest rate rate payment. And only later on, I had to really educate myself through books, podcasts, YouTube channels, and really understand like this whole concept about money. And I also feel like even when I was growing up and even nowadays that money has always seen as a negative thing. It's sort of like a, it's sort of like a source of stress and I, and I get it, but I always, I never had that. I want to say that type of mindset about money being a stress factor. Although I've seen it, I've seen it. Like I would see people in my household fighting for money because they didn't then have enough money mm-hmm. and, or people just spending money like, like that. And And this is where I feel like there's always this misconception about money that it's a stress stress factor, but I never, I never got influenced by that. Like I've never seen money as, as a stress factor, but more as a tool for me to do whatever I wanted to do.
1: Absolutely. So can you tell me more about how it is that you came to that conclusion where you didn't see money as stress, even though people in your house were fighting or people that, you know, were (laughs) fighting about money and.
0: Um, I think it comes to two things. I think one is the mindset that you have about money. And the second is how you manage your money. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, I think when it comes to money self-discipline is very very important Brilliant. you know like if you go out and you just you spend more than you earn then there is a big issue right there you know then of course money becomes like something negative something that we don't like because it's just bringing us a lot of stress and anxiety because we don't have money to pay our bills mm-hmm. um and I think it comes to that like I think as a person myself I always been very disciplined when it of came to money like I wasn't really spending too much although there was a period where I would also spend a lot of money on coffee Mm -hmm. and only then I came to the realization that I'm spending $300 every month on coffee I could just put this money elsewhere Mm -hmm. and it's not that I'm like depriving myself of coffee it's just being smart about how you manage manage your money I think it's important to you know get satisfaction from like you know it's important to like be happy and if coffee makes you happy it's important to do that but you also don't want to do that like every day you can find alternative ways of like drinking coffee. You can make coffee at home and bring it to work, for instance, mm-hmm. and put aside say a portion of it towards like investing, which is something that I discovered like l- really later in life. And it was really through self like education and reading books and, and podcasts. And I think one of the books that really changed my life was uh, The Latte Factor by David Bach. I don't know if you ever read this book, but he talks about how like the the five dollars that we spend on on a latte, it could be used elsewhere to, you know, become millionaire. And that's how I felt like it just changed my mindset. And and I feel like even now when I'm like, let's say looking for a job, like salary is important, but I want I don't want to make it my main decision factor because I think it's also important to be happy where you're going, where you're going to work. So this is where I feel like it's also about finding a balance, you know, between money and happiness.
1: Absolutely. Balance. That's so important to be able to enjoy life. It's not just about money. That's why I recently even resigned from my job because for so many years I had felt like I had to work or that I had to do a certain job, but it wasn't really my passion. It wasn't really Mm -hmm. what I, I felt like I had a greater calling, a greater way to serve. And even though income is inconsistent. Now, (laughs) you know, I was making good money and, you know, it is a risk to actually make that change and decide to pursue what you enjoy, not just my passion, but also my purpose, because, you know, passion and purpose, a a lot of people think of them as the same thing, but they can be different because you could be passionate about something, (laughs) but not necessarily good at it. Like (laughs) for instance, you could be passionate about playing the guitar, but not <laughs> good at it. It's but I, I I like to say that I want to pursue my purpose. So I gave up the salary to pursue mm-hmm. what it is that I am, you know, I feel that I'm called to do. So mm-hmm. what do
0: you do currently? I work in the financial services industry. So I'm in the face of changing job, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am going to be joining um, a Canadian bank. Uh, which has been, I want to say, a long-term goal of of mine. And it goes back to when I was in university that I always wanted to work for this bank. And now I feel like after six years of perseverance and my determination and tenacity, Mm -hmm. I finally get to work for this bank. So I'm going to shortly switch to a new place.
1: Okay. So you're in financial services now and you're currently a high five-figure earner. Yes. Right. What made you get into the financial services? Was it because of the, the things that you saw growing up or because you didn't talk about money was taboo in your, it's interesting. It was taboo in your household, but you went into finance. wasn't because you just wanted to learn more about this thing that, that was taboo in your house when you were a kid.
0: No, it's, it has nothing to do with that. It was more because I loved finance. When I was, um, taking my classes like so basically the the story goes back to when I was in university. I used to be in international business as a major but then uh, I didn't like it and finance was my minor and after taking some finance classes I just fell right away in love with the subject and that's how I switched to having finance as my major and I remember going to my classes enjoying finance so much. I I, I would go to the classes and enjoy listening to my professors. I enjoyed studying for the exams. I enj- I enjoyed actually sitting for the exams, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And then after I graduated, I still felt like there was something missing. So I still continued to study finance. So I um, did the Canadian security course, which is a certification. I think it's only for Canada. I completed that one and now I'm currently pursuing my CFA designations, which is um, if you want to become a chartered financial analyst. And even then I was studying for this and I was like, this is made for me. Like, I know it's hard, it's challenging, but I don't let the challenge to stop me from achieving what I want to achieve. So it's not really related to my actual, like the way I was brought up. But I do definitely use my blog and um, YouTube channel to talk about finance because I think it does come a little bit from my own personal story, you know, where, you know, money is not talked about and money is not taught to women. But why is it that? Like, why are we not breaking this um, stereotype this concept and I try to empower women financially through my volunteering activities where I mentor women and I try to talk about finance to them and how it's important you know to pay off your debt and not to get too much on debt, understand what's an interest rate how inflation is affecting our life because I think it's important to educate everyone and not just men only
1: absolutely so have you faced any financial challenges as an adult
0: You know it's so funny because uh, when I was a kid, the first uh, I want to say financial challenge I faced it was the 2008 crisis. But I was a kid back then, like it did not really affect me. Like I want to say personally because I was still a kid and I didn't understand what was going on. I was like, I don't care. It's just a crisis, you know. But during COVID, I just felt a little bit more impacted. And this is the first time that I felt like, okay, I should be like aware about what's happening. And because I'm working full time in the industry and, you know, there are a lot of uncertainty, you know, you you can get laid off any time. And so this is where I started to be concerned about financial situation, but it was more about the stability of of like having the job. And that's where I feel like I started to change my mindset. And I was like, I have to find ways where I can depend on other, where I can have multiple sources of income streams. I don't want to depend on one source of income, you know, the same finance, diversify your your, your eggs, put them in different basket. Mm -hmm. And this is how I started to like think about Okay, what are the ways that I can actually make more money? So basically, I uh, signed up to become a tutor, so I've been tutoring for about two years, and I'm getting like income through that. Mm -hmm. I created my own YouTube channel this year, so I'm hoping that once I achieve the the thousand subscribers, I'm going to start monetizing that. Um, I recently wrote a book, which is about to get published. I'm also hoping to make uh you know money from that too, Mm -hmm. and I also have my own uh, blog, which I. haven't monetized guy I, I want to use that mainly for just for educate other people that people can use more as a resource to like find out information mm-hmm. but definitely my mindset has changed that you know I feel like I always hear people saying I'm poor and I'm like why do you have to be so negative about it like why don't you think about what are the ways that you can you know make more money and this is how I like to think you know the I want to just be able to depend on more uh, sources of income streams so that, you know, I I can be financially free and I can, you know, achieve other goals that I have in plans. Uh, So I've been doing all this so far and it's been, it's been great. It's been really great.
1: That is awesome. And when you say that about creating multiple streams of income, that is so true. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, um shout out to the his and her money show talent mcneely and he was interviewing a guest uh, i want to say his name maybe george pitts but his tagline is like mr monetize everything that's mm-hmm. what he believes he said you know if you have a talent or skill find ways to monetize everything because he faced an issue where he was on a job he was doing well and then out of the blue he was terminated and now suddenly mm-hmm. He's got no job and he's got a wife and, you know, his wife is going back to school and it's Christmas time and there's all these things. And he's suddenly out of a job. And so that's where he made the decision that he wasn't ever going to let anyone control his income again. And and talent, uh, the host says that is so true because one income is too close to no income because you're basically one income away from not having any money, you know, or having your income stop. So it's definitely good to have as many income streams as you can <laughs> manage. <laughs> and that can bring in money. So that's awesome. So that's good that your your mindset changed and you realized that you did need multiple sources of income. So what is your big ambitious goal that you want to achieve?
0: It's so funny because um so I do have many um, goals and some of them I just completed them right before we Mm -hmm. we got into this podcast recording because um just a week ago I was like actually no it's been a couple of months that I've been thinking about writing a book and it was always in my mind so this was like I want to say my probably my biggest ambitious goal and now I finally did it so that's One of them that I have already like checked off from my from my list. Mm -hmm. And I do have um, other goals, which is, let's say, to do a TED talk and be able to to tell my story to people. And um, I also thought about having an actual side hustle, like an actual business of my own. But of course, it's like it's like you said, you know, when you have a stable job, you get a stable income like every two weeks. And when you have a side hustle and you quit everything, there is a lot of uncertainty. So I want to say that it is in my mind eventually to see if I can have something of my own, like a side hustle business, because I think it's like you said, everyone has a purpose in life. You know, Everyone is meant to be doing something. And that's how I like to think of myself as well, that I do have a purpose in life and I have to serve people with my purpose. And I feel like. Like since this this um ideas in my mind, I feel like it's probably something that I want to go towards too. And I think I've been already doing that unconsciously because you know, through all these channels that I have, I'm already like planting the seeds, I'm already like getting the exposure that I need. Um, I'm getting you know feedback from people, I'm getting followers. I think this could lead maybe to something greater eventually in a in far future.
1: Okay, the side hustle is like you wanted to have your own business. Probably. Like what type of business do you see for yourself?
0: I think I want to be more into the educational uh, side um, because I do have this passion where, you know, I like to teach to other people and maybe like sell courses Mm -hmm. about finance or languages because I do speak multiple language uh, languages and right now I'm also about to launch a course about how to study Italian Uh, so I want to do something in in that line like something related to finance or something about learning Italian
1: okay (laughs) Yeah. well which one do you feel you're most passionate about
0: no you cannot ask me this you question.
1: can't no. <laughs> they're both equal of course
0: yeah they're both equal to me because because i, I am from italy i was bro- bro- i was brought up i was born there and like it's it's, it's inside of me. you know it's like it's i love speaking italian i love the italian culture and stuff like that but i also love equally finance mm-hmm. and i think i like both honestly like i love both and um Yes, that's why I feel like I cannot answer that question. I really can't.
1: That's okay. So, what are your plans? How are you going to make those goals happen?
0: <sighs> it's um, it I think it's tough. I think definitely money could be there, you know, because even when you create, for instance, a blog, you need money. You have to buy a website, right? So, but I also try to think about you know, it's just an initial cost. It's just an initial investment. Once you get the revenues in and you make more than your initial cost, you're going to start becoming profitable. So I try to like remove the whole money obstacles out of my mind, you know? So that's that's been one thing that I've been trying to uh, take away. And I'm like, this is not an obstacle. I think the biggest obstacle that I felt is probably because my concern about what people would think um especially because you know the fear of being judged and stuff like that and because i'm from also from the south asian culture and people tend to be judgmental sometimes and i think they have not seen yet an entrepreneur a woman entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and of course there is this whole idea that when you're studying you're only meant to be certain things like lawyer doctor an engineer Whereas, you know, entrepreneurship and stuff like that is not really highly encouraged because there is a lot of um, uncertainty behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also trying to, like, not get influenced by that. At the end, I think we just have to choose what we like. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think it's a lot of work. Like, the step that I have to take is just believing in myself. I think that's the biggest um That's the biggest thing that I need right now. You know, as long as you believe in yourself, anything can be achieved. You just need that confidence. You have to believe that you have the capacity to do it. Mm -hmm. And anything is is possible and i think this is what i've been doing so far with like with my youtube channel my blog writing this book because it's because i believed in myself and i'm trying telling myself you're a go-getter with me you can achieve anything nothing is ever going to stop you so i think this is the main step that i have to take right now you know just believing myself and that said that's really it even when it comes to the uncertainty of like not having stable income, you just have to believe that you can achieve it, and that's
1: all that matters. Absolutely. That is very key what you said about even though there was a lot of uncertainty and fear. I heard you mention you have some fear about what people would think and how you might be perceived or whatever, and you want to still believe in yourself to help you bypass that obstacle. So do you have any specific plan of what you're going to do next to make one of those ambitions come true? Uh,
0: So so there are some of, um, I do have some plans for some of them. So I would say like for the fact that I want to speak on a TED Talk, Mm -hmm. what I've been working right now is on my public speaking skills. And I'm actually like investing my time and money for that Mm -hmm. i am doing that uh, because i'm part of the toastmasters club and i go there on a regular basis to the meetings that we have where we get to practice our public speaking skills Mm -hmm. and that has been something that i've been working on for the past three years so it's been an ongoing process that i've been going through Mm -hmm. and i'm telling myself that i want if i want to achieve this i have to make sure that i'm committed to it so that's one thing that i've been doing right now i'm putting my time and money on improving my public speaking skills. Yes. And I'm hoping, like, I do have this goal that pro- before I am 35, I have already given my first <laughs> TED Talk speech. Awesome. So I do have a couple of years to go. And uh, right now I, I'm i about to publish my first book, but I do have in plan to write a second one. Mm-hmm but i want to see first how it goes with my first one i want to see how much i'm able to get out of the first one because i think i do have ideas for the second one and i do want to write the second one and i'm hoping again to do to that one to publish the second one before i'm 35 mm-hmm. so i do have this like smart goals in plan and um and then of course uh, even for my business i like I don't have anything concrete because I think what's more important for me right now is that I'm building my own personal brand. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing that through all these channels, you know, getting into interviews uh, through pot and like in podcast. Uh, shows. that uh, I'm doing that through my YouTube channel. I'm doing that a lot with my LinkedIn. I'm doing that a lot with volunteering activities. I'm doing that a lot with my blog. And now I'm going to do it, of course, with my book and e- eventually with my course. And also the, the other plan that I have, I just have so many, so many goals I didn't <laughs> realize. And my other goal is, of course, to create a course in finance. Mm-hmm. And that one too, it's been in my mind. And I'm like, when it's in my mind, it means I have to do it. So I, am, I want to create two courses in finance, uh, one about corporate finance and the other one about valuations. And I'm hoping to do that within two years. Uh, and again, it's just like getting the knowledge from YouTube, from people, learning from books. And this is how I can only be able to achieve all these things.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're actively taking steps. You're doing yes. the Toastmasters to get your TED Talk. You have your blog and your channels where you're actively trying to build your brand so that you can pursue some of these ambitious goals that you have. Yes. That is absolutely awesome. Okay. So now that you know that you have the timeline and that you have some fears around how you might be perceived, what will you do next? What's your next step?
0: After I have to go over all these fears. What's your timeline? Oh, I want to do, I want to achieve all these things before I'm 35.
1: Before 35. And how many yeah. years do you have?
0: Five.
1: You don't want to say?
0: <laughs> okay. Four or five. So
1: you still have a little time. Okay. Yeah, so, four or five. Okay. Four or okay. five. Okay. okay. So you want to <laughs> want to achieve your goals in the next few years yeah. and you're actively taking steps to do that. All right. Yeah. Great. So what would you want to say to women that have some ambitious goal and they are not sure if they should pursue it or something is holding them back? Is there anything that you would want to say to them?
0: Yes. So I would say that you will always have that little voice holding you back from achieving your goals. I think it will always be there. Mm -hmm. It could be for reasons related to cultures, to society, how society perceives you. But I also like to think that if you do have those plans in your mind, if you keep thinking that you are meant to be doing something, my only advice would be just do it. Mm-hmm. The That's literally it. You just want to be able to take actions and you don't want to wait five years 10 years because you want to come there and look back and be like okay i wish i've done this before no the time is now and time is money so you have to do it right now and do not wait and i'm telling you the sooner you do this the better you will feel about yourself i think when i do these little things i have so much fulfillment and i can tell people that i've done this Mm -hmm. and i like you know, taking that ownership and saying that I'm responsible for this. I'm good at this. I know how to do this. So my advice is do not let anything hold you back and do not let fear to stop you. And this is another thing that I started to use for myself is that I see fear as my friend because when I'm afraid of something, it's probably because something greater is waiting for me on the other side of the fear, Uh, So this is also something that I learned, where I started to see fear more as something positive rather than than negative, because every time I followed my fear, it just opened the door to greater things. Mm -hmm. And that would be also my second suggestion. So do whatever you have in your mind and follow your fear.
1: That is awesome. There is a quote, actually, that I've quoted before that says, everything you want is on the other side of fear, (laughs) So that is such great advice, Ermi. Thank you so much for taking this time. Now, where can people find you?
0: Uh Uh, So people can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, They can just type my name, which is uh, Urmi Hosain. The same goes for my YouTube channel. It's called Urmi Hosain. And I also have my blog. It's called myways.ca.
1: ways dot .ca. ca okay yes. perfect well thank you so much for sharing your awesome story and insight with us and i'm sure this is going to be helpful for so many people that may be feeling that same way have these big goals and yet maybe letting fear or uncertainty hold them back so thank you so much thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of the Women with Ambition, Making Money, Seeking Freedom, and Chasing Dreams podcast. If you enjoy this podcast and you want to hear more, then be sure to do these three things. First, hit the subscribe button so you'll be notified each time a new episode drops. You can also visit us on the website, extravagantlybroke.com slash podcast, and subscribe to our email newsletter for all the latest Women with Ambition information. Second, share this episode with your family and friends because sharing is caring and we can all help elevate each other. Third, don't forget to leave us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player so that we can continue to bring you more amazing stories from ambitious women just like you. So that's all for now. And thank you for allowing us to inspire you as you pursue your ambitious goals of making money, seeking freedom and chasing dreams.